You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, November 2nd. My name, of course, is Javier Reyes, your host of this here Locked On Padres podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you'd feel oh so inclined, please hit me up on there with any of your questions, any of your thoughts, or what have you, and I'll do my very best to respond to them, because that's what I do out here, ladies and gentlemen. In today's episode, everyone, we are continuing my talk on the Keith Laws, like top 40 free agents. Agents available for the uh, MLB offseason and just kind of giving my thoughts on the, the last 20 guys. We did the 20 guys in the last podcast that came out on Friday, so you guys can catch up on that if you'd like. Otherwise, I'm going to be going for these last t- uh, 20 in the top 40. Admittedly, not as crazy exciting necessarily as the George Springers, as the Trevor Bowers, but still some interesting guys that I think are worth you know mentioning at least. So let's get right into it, everybody. Number 21 on Keith Law's top 40 free agent prospects for this upcoming offseason. Number 21 is Liam Hendricks, right-hand pitcher. He is a reliever. He's 32 years old and probably technically the best reliever available. Since the start of 2019, he's been one of the most valuable relievers in all of baseball, according to F4. And, you know, I get it. He's basically kind of, you know, he's having his Kirby Yates moment, per se. You know what I mean? He hasn't really been this, like, incredible player for the most of his... Uh, most of his career, but basically ever since these last couple of years, he's been awesome. In 2019, he had a 1.8 ERA for the A's, and then this year he had a 1.76 ERA. Or I'm sorry, 1.78 ERA. So, of course, if you want to invest in a reliever, by all metrics, he's gained a lot of velocity in his fastball. He's been really good. However, I don't really think that in terms of the Padres that this is some guy that I'm looking towards because I think they do have options, and I'm really feeling like they might go for Rosenthal a little bit younger at age 30, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I just feel like he's one of those guys, and I feel like Liam Hendricks is probably going to cost a little bit more. And honestly, let's be honest, Trevor Rosenthal seems like he's a ton of fun. I've enjoyed following him on Twitter, so I would be... And look, I feel like relievers, most of them, it just comes down to like... You just don't know sometimes. You feel like it's very year-to-year. Some years they can be gay. It's hard to find a consistency, you know what I mean? Everybody's bullpen can jump up and down every year. Uh, So I'd be more willing to invest in the guy who's just as good, potentially, and he's super fun, and we've already had him and experienced his greatness on the Padres and Rosenthal. So I'm looking away from this one, but for now, I think there are some teams like the Philadelphia Phillies who could really need a boost of their bullpen like Liam Hendricks would give them. Number 22 is Mike Miner, left-handed pitcher. He's age 33. This is a guy that... Oh, man. I mean, he had all of the, and I'm not going to say hype, but he was one of those guys that people were looking forward to this year in terms of just this guy that could produce maybe some trade value maybe before the season. That didn't end up happening, and then he got completely killed this year. It's worrisome that he's lost about two miles per hour off his fastball this past year and about one mile per hour off of his slider and changeup. That's really not a good sign. So if you're looking at taking like a just a throwing a dart, I guess he could maybe be worth it. But I don't think he's the type of guy, even for the Padres, that they necessarily even buy low on. I'm just not really sure whether or not this guy has any sort of talent left, as we might have thought he had, you know, two or so years ago before he got all hurt and all that. I don't really know, and I think that the Rangers were really hoping that he would produce a little bit better than this year to, um, you know, make for a trade. So don't really feel all that interested in 
uh, Mike Miner. I would say, though, that this next person, number 23 on Keith Law's top 40, I'd be definitely more interested in this guy than Mike Miner, and that's Jake Odorizzi, age 31, right-handed pitcher. Look, I think that his season this year, yes, he finished with that 6.59 ERA, but I think this season was a watch. He came into the season late, and I'm pretty sure he got hit by some pitch heading back to the mat. I don't remember exactly what happened to him, but he was he got hurt. You know what I mean? It was kind of a washed, lost season for him. Almost like, you know, the equivalent for us would be like uh, Kirby Yates, I guess you could say. Kind of a lost season in a lot of ways. But if you look at Jake Odorizzi, he's got decent strikeout potential. Back in 2019, he was pretty good. He finished with a 3.51 ERA, a whip of 1.208, and most importantly, his K like potential, like I was telling you, was 10.1 was his strikeout per nine with a total of 178 strikeouts. And then the year before, he had 162 strikeouts, which made for a K per nine of about 8.9, which isn't as good as this season. But I really feel like he might have found some potential swing and miss stuff. So, you know, I don't want to look too much into this last year. If he's a guy that you can take a flyer on for just a one-year deal and the Padres are thinking that maybe they don't want to spend as much because, especially after something that happened today, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit, maybe they might say, you know what, let's go a little bit cheap on pitching. I don't necessarily think they should do that. But if they do, I could see Jake Odorizzi being maybe an intriguing buy-low type of guy because I really think this is just one of those lost seasons. It's not like he's too old. 31, you give him a one-year deal? I don't know. It could it, it could. It could uh, it could prove dividends for the Padres, at least in the future, if it's some guy that you want to, you know, round out the last kind of part of your bullpen. And hey, don't don't um don't sleep on the latter parts of your bullpen because or your starting rotation, I should say, guys. Because remember, uh, Zach Davies was expected to be the fifth starter on the team this year, and he was actually probably the second best starter on the team this year. So you know, don't sleep on these type of guys. One guy I do give you guys permission to sleep on, though, is number 24 on this list, and that's Jose Iglesias. Defensive super stud, and even when his offensive metrics look great, his bad pip is way too high. I believe it was 407 this year, it looks like. Yeah, that's not the type of guy you would invest in. Defensive stud for sure, but his offense, he's really just not that great of an offensive player. And also, he's a shortstop. Is there anything else I have to say? I'm not totally threatened by this guy, age 31. I don't really see any upside in it. And he's a shortstop, like I said. Fernando Tatis, he's the king, so... Moving on. Next up is number 25, and that's Jock Peterson, an outfielder, age 29. Probably been the bane of Pirates' existence, uh, fans' existence. I can't talk today. God damn it. Uh, for the past couple years, he's uh, he's weird. He can't really hit lefties very well. He's got a decent amount of pop, though, and okay on the outfield. I think he's one of those guys that... I could see, potentially, he's a good buy-low type of guy. At age 29, that's not too old, especially, uh, you know, right before he hits 30. So, I don't know. He's the type of guy, if the Padres were looking for a power bat, like I said, it all depends. Maybe he's the type of guy that you would plug in at DH. I don't know. But, you know, for right now, I don't think I'm too interested in Jock Peterson. Although, I have to admit that it's not the type of signing that if the Padres were to somehow make it, that I would freak out about or be disappointed in. How's that for analysis, folks? I don't know. I don't really have many thoughts on Jack Peterson. I think he's fine. Next up is number 26, Tommy LaStella. In Philly, he's 32 years old. And LaStella's kind of, you know, turned into a pretty good player, actually. But at age 32, it's not like he plays all that well that second or third base. He's not that incredible as a defender. Obviously, he would not be third base for the Padres. And at second base, we kind of have Jay Cronenworth. And even if we, you know, didn't have Jay Cronenworth, I honestly would be more interested in the next guy on the list, which we're going to be talking about in just one second. Uh, yeah, not all that interested in Tommy LaStella, especially, you know, being 32 years old. He's solid. He's a decent player. He's probably going to be a great platoon type of guy for a contending team, but otherwise I'm not interested in him. However, the guy 
guy that I was alluding to, number 27 on the list, is Jerickson Profar, second baseman in outfield. He is only 28 years old, which is nice for sure. Profar used to be amazing, guys. Let me tell you. Profar used to be, like, the best prospect in baseball. I still remember when he was the best prospect in baseball. I still remember, like, when he was a... eighth ninth round pick in fantasy baseball even though he was hurt even though we knew he was hurt and probably wouldn't come back but still that's how highly regarded he was at one point and I am happy for the guy that he really had a nice little season here for the Padres he does not hit the ball particularly hard but he doesn't miss the ball either so if you're just looking for a guy that can get you a couple singles maybe walk just a tad bit and play actually surprisingly well defense out in left field then Profar might be your guy I don't necessarily know how the Padres feel about him I know I love him I love his energy in the club House. He was so much fun this year. So he's one of those guys to give give a comparison. It's almost like um, you know, Starling Castro for the Yankees. When I watched the Yankees a couple years ago, that was like a really fun team. It was the first year that Judge premieres, first year that Gary Sanchez or second year Gary Sanchez premieres, but it's Judge's rookie year. And Starling Castro was one of those guys that just is a super flawed player, but he was really fun to watch for some reason. I remember him and Didi Gregorius had a connection going. I told you guys I love Didi Gregorius, one of my favorite players in the league. Those two, they're kind of like these flawed sort of players, but they're pretty solid. Maybe that's Jerickson Profar's destiny. Flawed in terms of just not being these ultimate all-star prospect infielders, but a pretty good player as long as you don't let their perception of being, in quotes, a bust kind of misguide you and make you think that this guy can't still play some ball and contribute for a contending ball club. So honestly, if the Padres are looking for some depth, maybe if they want to have some guy in left field, depending on how they feel about Fam, I wouldn't mind uh, Jerickson Profar, although I'm not totally sure how the team feels about him currently as of right now. I think there's a couple other teams that might be interested actually in Profar, which, you know, a little bit unfortunate. I'm going to miss the guy, but hey, you can't win a ball, right? So I guess that's kind of my prediction with that. Now, number 28, another one of my favorite players this year, but not because he was good. That's Robbie Ray, left-handed pitcher. He's 30 years old. He is absolutely unbelievable. I love Robbie Ray so much because he's a super strikeout artist, yet it literally does not matter because that is mitigated by all the other things that he's bad at. Let me just read you guys really quickly. Since 2015, his total strikeout numbers, right? Basically, since he started becoming a full-time starter, for the most part, back in 2015, he had 119, then 218, then 218, then 165, then 235 in 2019, and then this past year, obviously, which I don't count nearly as much with 68, which made him good for a K per nine of 11.8, if you just want to look at it that way. Bottom line is, he's always got strikeouts, and it looks like, unfortunately, though, for Robbie Ray, though, I think there's always been that talent. He's been able to kind of locate the ball every now and then, but lately, past few years, that has not been the case. It looks like that 2017 season, when he had a 2.89 ERA, and he struck out 218 guys, and his whip was only 1.1, you know, borderline Cy Young candidate, it looks like that was the outliers of all outliers. He got traded to the Blue Jays this year, and the reason why I love him so much, it is unbelievable that this is a guy this year, guys, he had an ERA of 6.62 with a whip of 1.897 and a K per night of 11.8. Those latter two numbers are especially interesting. He somehow manages to walk like seven guys a game, but then strike out 10. That's the type of weird guy this dude is. I've never seen anything like it. I think he's remarkable. In terms of his, you know, moving on from my infatuation with Robbie Ray, in terms of his, you know, kind of viability as a starter, this is a guy that the Padres should not be going for. You should not be banking on him replicating what what he did back in 2017. 
I just think for the Padres, it's too much of a risk, I think. It's not like the Padres are that desperate to have a number two or three breakout starter and that they're really just searching through the rough, you know, trying to pull a needle out of a haystack. I don't really see that here. I don't like the numbers on Robbie Ray. As fun and entertaining it is as it is to see all this, and don't get me wrong, the Padres do have such a great bullpen that they could survive potentially having a Robbie Ray disastrous start, um, but I just don't think the risk is worth it here for a guy that is, you know, turning 30 years old, and I just think that he might have been one of those one-hit wonder types of pitchers um I'd be really curious to see whoever you know signs him for sure uh but for the most part I'm just out on this guy in terms of his viability as an actual starter he is super entertaining though Number 29 is Shane Green, right-handed pitcher, age 32. He's a great example of, and as Keith Law mentions uh, perfectly, took the words right out of my mouth, of a really, you know, a, a failed starter that turned a really good reliever. I remember back when he was with the Tigers, I think it was, and he had, like, a couple of amazing starts, and he, and then he just fell apart, or whatever it was. I forgot exactly the timeline of those events I don't remember but he really became more of a relief pitcher and he's had some good years before so he's one of those guys that if you can get him on a little bit short of a deal might be worth it but like I said guys the bullpen is already pretty solid for the Padres still got Pierce Johnson still kind of got guys like Matt Strom unfortunately you got guys like Craig Stammen who is still along still on for another couple years somehow I don't know how that contract happened um but I don't really know how I feel about Shane Green he's solid he's the type of guy that if we didn't have Emilio Pagan already that I'd be more interested in maybe taking a little bit of a flyer in him to believing hey let's get that back of the bullpen kind of b-tier bullpen guy but for now i think that we're okay in that department especially if we resign rosenthal and number 30 is carlos santana age 35 and honestly, I wish I could just end my analysis at that point. Look, here's the thing. Carlos Santana, at one point in his career, was really underrated, I think. I think a lot of people only looked at his batting average, which was always super low. And even this year, his BABIP was 212, which resulted in a batting average below 200. But I think that he's done. I think that this is a guy that if you acquired him, it's all name value. Is he maybe worth a flyer? I don't think so necessarily for the Padres. I mean, maybe if they can afford to just, like, take a shot, maybe put him around DH might be interesting. But for the most part, I mean, come on, this guy is you know now 35. He used to be underrated, didn't have a batting a high batting average, but his walk rate was absolutely absurd some years. But I just think that that, including his power, is all going down at this point in his career. So I really would not feel good about this guy. Hey, if the Padres are going to take and decide that they want to invest in some type of DH or whatever, then you go for somebody like Nelson Cruz. Come on, you guys are contenders. Don't go for someone like Carlos Santana. Don't try and get somebody who's lesser and is just... You know, kind of the same thing except worse. I mean, Carlos Santana's old and so is Nelson Cruz. Go for Nelson Cruz if you're going to make a decision between those guys. But you know what's not old, guys? You know what's not gotten old and tired and all that? And you know what actually is super good no matter how many times you see it up at the plate, no matter how many times it gets talked about? That is Built Bar, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, Built Bar, let me tell you. Let me let me tell you about Built Bar real quick, okay? First of all, it is so, so, so yummy. I mean, let me tell you. It's soft and easy to chew and covered in 100% chocolate. And they've got 12 original flavors. They've got coconut, almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. Oh, doctor. Does that sound good to you? It better sound good to you. I'm watching you right now. Yeah, you listener. Yeah. It better sound good. And you know what? It's just, if that if that didn't make it sound good, I, I, I forgive you. I forgive you. Maybe you're like, uh, well, this better get you going. All right, guys? They've got six new flavors coming in. I dare you. I dare you to say me this doesn't make you hungry. All right? Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Everybody, if you are not hungry right now, I don't know what's wrong with you. You are an alien and should be exterminated. That's what I think, guys. <laughs>
But in all seriousness, guys, I don't particularly care for some of these flavors typically, but I really like the Built Bar versions of them, like Mint Brownie. I don't usually like Mint Brownie all that much, but I love their Built Bar flavor. And even better, aside from just tasting really yummy and having such a variety of flavors, they're also really healthy for you. Yes, that is right, everybody. These are protein bars. They're built for making you built. Does that make any sense? I don't think it... eh, Do people say that when you're getting fit like you're a built person? I don't know. I don't know if they say that. But whatever, guys. Let's continue with the ad read. Uh, They're great for the keto diet. They have high fiber, high protein, low sugar, and a low amount of calories. So, guys, if this all sounds good to you, and I mean how doesn't it sound good to you, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Go check it out. All right, guys, now continuing with the free agency sort of extravaganza is number 31 on Keith Law's top 40. It is Adam Eaton. And let me tell you, I'm actually a little bit surprised that Keith put him this low. I think Adam Eaton's really good, really good on base skills. He does score a ton of runs. He's one of those type of guys, really good on base type of skills. And I think that really, you know, he's 32 years old, which is a little bit, you know, the wrong side of 30 for sure. So he's certainly not young as he once was, but I really think an underrated player. I think he was actually super underrated back when he was on the White Sox too. But seriously, as Keith Law noted here, he posted OBPs above 360 in every year from 2014 through 2019, even his injury wreck 2017 and 2018. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, while he might not be the best defensive player, which is one of the issues considering that, like I said earlier in part one of this podcast, uh, you know, free agency preview thing, I talked about how Marcelo Zuna and some of these guys that might not be great defensive players, it would concern me. And that is true with someone like Adam Eaton, who isn't the best, as much as he does well for you, as much as he'll score runs and get on base a whole lot, not a great defensive player. So if you were to do that, you'd be sacrificing a lot. And like I said, putting a lot of the pressure on Trent Grisham. He's a free agent that I'm high on, especially for teams that can afford to have maybe a potential downside in the outfield. But I don't think the Padres necessarily should aim for this guy. But I am really curious to see where he ends up. Hopefully not the Dodgers because that would make me nervous and would just make me think once again that they're getting guys who can just play and do what their role is and add more depth to that team. So please, Dodgers, do not get crazy. Do not sign Adam Eaton, I beg of you. Next up on the list is Brad Miller, infielder and outfielder. He's age 31. Man, Brad Miller's really bounced around the past couple years, hasn't he? Especially when it comes to some of his power numbers, for sure. You know, on a tertiary level, not an in-depth level, not like contact rated, all that stuff. I'm just talking about home runs. He blew up in 2016 when he hit 30 home runs for the Rays, batted 243 to 304 on base. And then the year right after that, he only hit nine homers. Very weird. In just 110 games still, just nine home runs. That was weird. And then the year after that, he only hit seven home runs which was kind of a little bit of an injury kind of season. He didn't play nearly as much, became more of a platoon guy. And then in 2019, he hit 13 home runs, so picked it back up a little bit and started to show a little bit more discipline at the plate, uh, you know, kind of batting 260 and then 329 on base, which is a little bit more around the league average. And then this past season, didn't hit for a high average, but he did kind of regain that power, hitting seven home runs, which isn't a ton, but it's a decent amount, with a 357 on base. But I think the really biggest the thing about Brad Miller is he's just kind of the definition of a solid just kind of player to add to a lineup. If that's what the Padres are looking for, I respect it. But most importantly, why I think that he's just solid is because you know, he can kind of play a lot of different positions no matter where you need him. So if the Padres are concerned about having a guy that they think that they can move around, then Brad Miller might be their shot. However, I would feel a little bit better about maybe having a profar. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather have a profar who can play a really good left and then maybe play second if you need him to be. I don't think they will need him there. But still, I think that that's kind of uh, what I would like between those two. And also, Jake Cronenworth is also kind of the utility player already that we need because he can play every position. He can play short. He can play 
play second. He can play first. And he was really great at first, by the way, an underrated first baseman. And especially if something happens to Hosmer again, you know, who knows if maybe he's starting to become an injury prone player now. I know that it was only his first season getting hurt, but still, you never really know. So it's I don't really think that this is a guy that the Padres are going to aim for. But I would say to other teams, a sneaky, okay kind of guy to go after to round out your roster. Number 33 is a super interesting player, probably the most interesting uh, player so far that we've talked about. Number 33, like I said, Corey Kluber, right-hand pitcher, age 35. I've talked about him before on the podcast as being kind of the bane of Padres fans' existence because famously, we kind of traded him away. Granted, of course, it's not too much that you can blame him for because, let's be honest, Corey Kluber was not expected to be this good. He was not expected to be a guy that would strike out an obscene amount of batters and be more than just some anemic-looking dude who would just be a back-of-the-rotation star that would come up and fill up some innings every now and then when a major league roster needed them, right? Instead, he became a borderline ace pitcher. This year, though, he went a grand total of, let's see, uh, yeah, just one inning this year before uh, messing up his shoulder. He was one of the little additions that the, the Rangers made to kind of make that team. That team was expected to have three starters and Miner, Lynn, and Kluber to kind of carry their offense that was had a lot of question marks around it. It's, instead, as we talked about with Minor, it was basically just Lance Lynn and Corey Kluber, like I said, got injured really early, really fast. Look, he's a guy that I could definitely see the Pirates taking a flyer on. If you think about it, it's very similar to Garrett Richards. Garrett Richards, once upon a time, was awesome. So if the Pirates want to take a flyer on this guy and hope that maybe there's a little bit left, don't give him a big deal, obviously, because he's become injury prone at the state of his career. But if you're looking for a back end, super high upside type of starter for a little, you know, not too much amount of money, I really think the Pirates should be interested in Corey Kluber. You already took the chance with Garrett Richards, and in my opinion, that experiment was half and half pretty decent, and I think Corey Kluber has been a better pitcher, better than Garrett Richards ever was, even at his best, you know what I'm saying, between the two guys, I mean, come on, we know Corey Kluber's capable of a lot, so this is a guy that I keep in my, my mind on if the Padres are kind of looking to buy low on getting some starting pitching, which is what I think overall is what their strategy should be, but who knows, I could be wrong. Moving on to number 34 now is Robinson Chirinos, catcher, age 37, um, yeah, this guy was kind of a washout, he really didn't play all that much last year, when he's held Healthy. He can hit a bunch of home runs, I suppose, and play eh, whatever kind of defense, but we don't really need that now, do we? We have Austin Nola, and we've got Luis Campizano in the hole. This is not a guy that I'd be worried about. If you want to do this like kind of like a Jason Castro thing, where he's just there as your backup catcher, then I guess sure, but we also I still think have Francisco Mejia on the roster, so really, this is someone that I ignore if I'm the Padres. Number 35, Alex Colome, right-handed pitcher, age 32. Colome is extremely steady, and that's what Keith Law notes here. He does not strike out a whole lot of guys, but he also doesn't walk too many guys. He really just doesn't give up any hits, and he's just kind of the one of those guys that doesn't blow you away, but he's a pretty decent closer. I know he saved a decent amount of games this season for the White Sox, but I don't know. Guys like these who just struggle to kind of, you know, consistently strike out guys and sometimes consistently struggle to stay uh, consistently healthy are guys that I a little bit worry about. We already had our injuries, you know, kind of fill up the bullpen this year. I don't necessarily think that I want to sign this guy at this point in his career to kind of be one of those um, bullpen type of guys. And like I said, I don't think that the bullpen is something the Padres need to focus on too much, assuming that they re-sign Rosenthal, you know what I'm saying? So, and, and considering that they have Drew Pomerantz still, so I would 
we're not really looking this direction for Alex Colomay. Next up, Jeremy Jeffries. Kind of the same thing here. Number 36, age 33. He's a right-handed pitcher. He's another sort of average reliever similar to Colomay, except the only difference is that, you know, unlike Colomay, this guy really walks a lot of people and has a little bit of trouble with his work location sometimes. You know, at his best, he didn't, but right now he does a little bit. So Jeremy Jeffries, there's not really much of a take on him. I kind of feel about this way about all relievers. It depends on what they do. If the Padres decide that we're not bringing back Rosenthal for whatever reason, then yeah, I would maybe go out and get one of those, you know, kind of bargain bin type of uh, bullpen guys like a Jeremy Jeffries or the next guy I'm about to mention, Blake Trinan at 37, who's 33. Uh, I would kind of support that. But if they if they do resign him, then my thing is, look, I just worry about investing in a bullpen so much. We just did that last year with Emilio Pagan. Look how that turned out. So I wouldn't want to invest too much in a position that we don't know too much about and it fluctuates year to year. Uh, but we'll still have to keep an eye on it and see what the team kind of does when it comes to re-signing Rosenthal. Uh, and like I said, Blake Trinan, number 37. Uh, this, this is definitely between uh, Jeffries and Colomay. I definitely prefer uh, Blake Trinan over both of those guys just because Blake Trinan has been awesome a couple of times and he was really pretty uh, solid for the Dodgers this year. So he's one of those guys that as a middle reliever could be, you know, prove dividends if the Pirates decide to go that direction. So I'd be interested in them. Number 38, Josh Reddick, outfielder, age 34. Um... I don't know. And as Keith Law mentions here, he made some pretty great defensive strides this season, but throughout the course of his career, that's never been the case. It seems like he kind of just had a, a mini career year. I don't know. I just don't really buy that Josh Reddick is this dude who's been, you know, kind of middling in that really great Astros team for a long time and that all of a sudden this is the new him. I'm not buying it, especially in a short season, so I'm really not interested all that much in Josh Reddick. Number 39, Chris Archer, right-handed pitcher, age 32. Uh, yeah, it was announced today, of course. I, I Or maybe it wasn't announced yesterday. I forgot. Uh, at the, no, so it would have been announced like two days ago for you guys since they're hearing this on Monday. The Pirates did not pick up this option. He He's one of the more infamous guys out there. I put him on the James Shields uh, tier for just incredibly ill-thought-out sort of trades. I actually think the Shields one, at least Shields was good once upon a time. And the White Sox were like, hey, let's kind of, you know, get a veteran sort of arm for this up-and-coming team potentially, right? I get that. And they also, you know, they had a shortstop. Yes, they give up Tatis for this, obviously. And he becomes the most exciting player. He is the god. But they still have Tim Anderson, who's super, super exciting and awesome in his own right. So that trade didn't kill them as much. However, if you're a re- building team and then you trade all the prospects you just acquired and then you trade them for Chris Archer who's a guy that was really great for maybe one season and then became just a strikeout guy similar to Robbie Ray where his ERA and his whip just didn't support no matter how many strikeouts he managed to get for you to buy in on that guy is very odd he's definitely a bargain bin shot in a dark lottery ticket for a lot of teams but in terms of the Padres uh, I mean unless they're feeling good about their pitching coaches that could maybe you know bring back his like 2014 stuff uh, I don't really know if the Padres are going to be interested in this guy this would be really bargain bin type of stuff here And then last, but certainly not least, all respects to the left-handed king, John Lester, age 37. Keith Law is saying that he kind of believes in him a little bit and says, hey, you know what? I I don't think that this truncated season is a great way to judge him in totality, but I don't know. I feel like this is the guy that only super for sure like kind of um, rotations want to go for. I feel like he's good for a one one last year deal, but if I'm going for a pitcher, I'd rather have somebody. If I'm taking a flyer on some older pitcher who used to be good, I want Corey Kluber. Heck, I want 
Chris Archer to a degree, because at least I feel like Chris Archer is a little bit young enough to potentially, you know, if he's healthy, maybe bring a little bit of something, you know, so I just, I'm not really interested in John Lester at all, really, but all due respect to him, I'm not going to roast him at all, I know he was a Boston guy, uh, and I love roasting the Boston people on this podcast, as you all know, but not going to do that this time, because I've also been talking too much, and guys, this whole thing, it really was supposed to serve as just kind of a beginner thing about my initial thoughts on these free agents, as time goes on, and here's the thing, I'm probably going to bring this up at another time, because I'm being honest with you, uh, there's going to be a while before we probably hear about a lot of free agency stuff. It's one of the things in baseball that I've never understood why this happens. I mean, I understand why it happens, but baseball free agency, I wish that it could be like the NBA free agency, where it really it hits 12 o'clock at night, and then we're hearing about those some, some big deals. But instead, for some reason, even the years when it's all-star, Hall of Fame, phenom talents, like the year Bryce Harper and Manny Machado for free agents, for some reason, I'm almost done with my senior year of high school or my senior year of college, or no, not my senior year of college, my junior year of college, all of a sudden it's like May, and I'm like, now they're signing? The season ended like seven months ago, and we're starting in a month. It's just crazy that I wish baseball worked in a way that was a little bit faster. Mm, that kind of explains all of baseball, honestly. Just work a little bit faster, guys. You could own that kind of period, especially right now. I think a lot of people would be excited to be like, oh, who's going to get Springer? And instead, by the time these guys are actually signed, I feel like people don't even care anymore. They're like, all right, cool. Welcome to the season. Let's go. You know, it's just it's just very odd to me. But uh, with all those words, guys, with a giant chunky boy pod that I recorded for you just now <laughs> talking about all the free agents, uh, let me know, guys, who you think the Padres should go for. I might make a more comprehensive list and put it on Twitter, some of the top options, but if I had to kind of round it out, I'd say I'd be very interested in guys like Taiwan Walker, Corey Kluber, Chris Archer, maybe a little bit. Depending on the bullpen situation with someone like uh, Trevor Rosenthal, I'd be interested in Blake Trinan for sure. And DH, there's a ton of guys that they could go there. Hey, they could even take Jerk, uh, Jock Peterson from the rival Padres, Why, uh, Dodgers. Why not? They could do that, for example, if they just want a decent power bat and forget about his defensive capabilities. If you just want some guy who's going to come in there and maybe hit home runs, I could see a Jock Peterson working just fine, too. But as I mentioned, uh, I touched on a little bit that they declined um, Mitch Moreland's option, and I was reading basically one of the biggest reasons for that, and I was wrong about this. My fault. I thought that they were going to take it because it was only $3 million, but one, of the, one thing that the Padres said was, it's not that they want to save money. It was more that they don't know exactly what's going on with the universal DH next year. They don't know for sure if baseball is going to bring it back. So it'd be kind of silly to take a chance and they want to kind of wait it out, which please even, you know, more to my case of it's going to be a long offseason. It's going to be a long winter before we hear some of the things, especially with DH, obviously, because they probably want to hear about some of the rules and when does baseball come back? And Lord knows there's collective bargaining agreements on the horizon. So don't expect any of these uh, kind of, uh, questions about the Padres' uh, free agency and what they may do to be solved anytime soon, guys. That's for sure. And with that all being said, like I said, this chunky boy pod, I've been talking way, way, way too much. Uh, I hope you guys do enjoy it, though. I wanted to give you a big podcast before uh, Election Day tomorrow. You know, I want to give everybody as much content as possible to kind of distract you and make you happy about some stuff. But with all that being said, I'm talking too much. That about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, guys. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Just search it up in that old search bar, and I'm sure you'll find it. If you could do me a favor and review the show on iTunes, that'd be super appreciated. Fire or Apple Podcasts, whatever, that'd be super well appreciated. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.